What's up, everyone? Welcome to the London Music Podcast. And on today's episode, I have Danish Alam, who is a singer-songwriter who aims to bring together the, the drama of the 80s synth and electronica scenes and a uh, alternative guitar-lit sound. And if you're familiar with his music, you'll see that the guitar is an incredibly important instrument to him. And this is something we touch on in the podcast itself. He comes from a background in club mashups and house remixes. But he applies the same principles to his original productions as well. He kind of wants to surprise the listener by redefining a genre, an artist, or an instrument in new and unexpected ways. So we focus on this quite a lot in our discussion, and you'll see elements of this in every one of his songs. So without further ado, I give you Danish Alam. Welcome to the London Music Podcast, everyone. And today I have a fantastic singer, songwriter, and producer with me on the podcast. It's Danish, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. Really honored to be here. I've been working with Andre before, so... Before we get to the part where we talk about the project that we worked on together, tell the listeners a bit about your journey as an artist. I mean, what led you to, to this moment? I kind of got started on the music journey from school I guess we had like an after-school class maybe in like third grade or something that kind of taught us how to use reason right like that kind of software right so that was kind of my first exposure and in hindsight it's quite a complex thing to learn straight away versus like I guess these days the first port of call would be something like GarageBand or something but we went straight into reason so uh, that was my first exposure to it. Uh, after that, I kind of took what I've learned over there, just that brief exposure forward into doing mashups. So um, my first mashup that I did was a, I always kind of, I, I think this has kind of followed itself uh, into my current work as well, quite an eclectic kind of taste. Um, bringing together different genres. So I think it's kind of fitting now that I realize it. The first mashup I did was actually a mashup of Arctic Monkeys with 50 Cent, right? <laughs> so it's still available on YouTube. You can check it out. It was a mashup of uh, the Arctic Monkeys song Old Yellow Bricks and then 50 Cent AO technology, right? So it's called Old AO Bricks. Um, so that actually uh, got for that time, uh, I just put it on YouTube. It got a few thousand hits, which was quite encouraging. Uh, so and when know, was this? Uh, I don't know. It must have been around over 10 years ago or something like it <laughs> wow was a, yeah yeah quite a quite a while back i guess whenever that song came out you know i got some encouraging comments on that as well so it made me want to do more so i came up with some other mashups and that's always something that i used to do kind of in my free time going forward i guess that must have been kind of the the latter end of high school and when once i got to college i started doing kind of longer versions of this like kind of 30 minute mixes that were kind of like these kind of surprising uh mashups uh but just on an extended kind of thing i used to then send it to you know that was just for my friends and stuff like that put it put it on soundcloud yeah and then after that i kind of was doing that uh just just for fun then i moved into i got logic uh on my computer so then i started kind of messing around with that and starting to explore more of the producing side for the first time so then i started to do not so much mashups but actual remixes and then 
I basically that kind of came to a head when uh, I there were, I heard there was a competition to do the official remix of a One Direction single that was coming out called You and I. Uh, so at that point, so there there were all these established people also competing for it. So it was very much at that time I was doing it just for fun. And I did that and I actually got selected to be one of those official remixes. So that was kind of really a big moment for me just to show that the stuff that I was doing was actually, you know, being appreciated on a very, uh, for me, a huge scale, you know, so. I mean, for for anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, literally, you know, before before that day, I was getting like maybe like if I got five plays on my <laughs> SoundCloud total that day, I would be like, wow, what a good day. Five people heard this. And then I woke up one day and there was like 10,000 plays. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so that was like, wow, you know, that was like crazy. And, you know, as a s slight side note on that story, it also gave me a little <laughs> glimpse of what it would be like to be famous and like how easily, like how quickly you kind of start to forget uh, and start taking things for granted. Because literally <laughs> going from five plays to like 10,000 plays, but then the next day you got like 5,000 plays and you're like, it's over, my time <laughs> is over. <laughs> so <laughs> it was much quicker than I <laughs> anticipated <laughs> the come down from the uh, 15 minutes of fame. Yeah, once I had that kind of, you know, that validation that, wow, you know, this is really, I can play with the big boys maybe, right? So I started to kind of see if I could apply that same, all the stuff I've learned so far to actual music where, you know, I'm performing myself, I'm singing myself, playing the guitar myself. So I'd been playing guitar for many years since, since uh, I think middle school and uh, singing as well. At college, I was playing with my friend uh, Misha Spivakovsky, who's also in a great band called Atlantic Summers. So we had a band called The Collegiates, um, but you know, we were never putting stuff really out there except for just on Facebook and stuff. So this was kind of a major step that I said, you know, what if I do everything that I've been doing for the remixes and kind of in incorporating that into a larger sound. What if I actually did that and sang over it myself and really made that personal? So that's that's kind of what I did. And in 2016, I came up with a song called Symmetry, which was kind of very much the culmination of all these things. It was kind of only a around like four tracks that were built on kind of uh, guitar patterns that, that I played and then uh, kind of looped. So it was kind of almost like doing a mashup or a remix, but with something that I played myself and uh, then I sang over that as well. So, and that got quite a good reaction on SoundCloud and everything. So yeah, and that, that really gave me, gave me the confidence, like, let me, let me try doing this. And then I uh, came out with a, uh, an album in 2018 and then uh, a new one just this year in April. But what made mashups and then later on remixes so appealing? Why didn't you go straight for the literal production side of things? I think it was about, because I was really into kind of like uh, house music at the time. If I would ever go out and like see uh, like a DJ playing uh, a set, I would always be really attracted to if they did something really unexpected, if they put two songs together that were really unexpected, that would be like in my head all the time, right? So I kind of wanted to emulate that in a very kind of playful way as well. So to do things that are not just like, 
okay, let's take the number one song and the number two song in the charts right now and put them together, you know? Like, yeah. it, it was more about really potentially maybe going down the DJ route, uh, but really just kind of taking things that people thought they knew and really kind of reinventing them. So that was what was really interesting about the mashups and then the remixes. Even Even the remixes, I would do it of artists that were... Not just like what everyone else was doing, kind of like house remixes off or something. It was all kind of very, very pop type artists like Justin Bieber or One Direction or something like that. But then taking a very, what I thought was a very unexpected and fun kind of approach to it. Yeah, so that that kind of was kind of the first step on that journey that I eventually led to my albums uh, and actually producing it myself. So how does that reflect your current music? Is the idea of a mashup or the idea of a remix or this? How In general, uh, you mentioned eclectism being a thing that kind of defines your sound. So how does all of that tie in with your latest album? I like the idea of making a really great like riff or something like that or like a cool like drum pattern or some uh, synths that I put together and then kind of using that almost as if it's a sample and then even though I played it myself but actually using that as a sample throughout the track and kind of then building everything else on top of that so oftentimes with my songs it kind of starts from just like maybe a kind of four bar really like hero piece right that I'm really like and then I'm like okay now that I have this what can I do with that right and how can I build on top of that and that kind of takes me in very interesting directions somehow yeah I think that that is kind of the key thing that just the idea of like taking these really interesting uh audio pieces and then using them as a sample I so I did that you know, for instance, on one of the songs that we worked on, which is the end track on my album called Time and Space, I was literally just watching this uh, like travel documentary about the Alhambra in Spain. And it started off with this very interesting kind of Spanish guitar plucking, right? And that it eventually went into a different song. But as soon as I heard that, I was like, wait, I need to get that, right? That really, that just that little one bar thing that really just like led to the entire song, which eventually became this very like kind of big, like 90s, like guitar, uh, electric guitar uh, driven song. So, but that was kind of the seed that really sparked the entire thing. So that's uh, that's what really excites me. Oh, and what about the the cover that you have on this latest album? And please tell listeners what the album is and where they can find it, because that's also important. You, you can plug away. Okay, there's great. no shame in that here. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm available on Spotify. It's just my name, Danish Alam. That's D-A-A-N-I-S-H-A-L-A-M. And I have two albums. First one was called 1618, and the new one is called 919. There are two covers on the newest album, one of which I collaborate with Andre on. Um, so one of them is cover of a DJ Khaled and J Balvin, a Meek Mill song called You Stay. And I think that actually is a very good example of what I've been talking about with uh, just taking one really interesting thing and then putting it throughout the entire song and then building everything on top of that. So I just came up with a really cool uh, electric guitar, kind of almost country type thing. 
uh, and then that kind of is the backbone of that song. But then the other uh, the other song that uh, Andre and I worked on was called Trivia Seesaw, and that's a cover of uh, a BTS song. Actually, specifically uh, one of the members of BTS, Suga. It was his kind of solo song, and I'm as you know, I've kind of really discovered all of their music, and you know, I'm a fan. So this this was kind of something with like a real like groove, disco groove. So I really wanted again to going back to that idea of taking something that an or an artist that people otherwise would think oh they're you know very pop or something that's not for me and kind of bringing it to you know a new type of audience and expressing it in a different way so for that song i kind of worked on recreating the all the song and all the the instruments involved but then the song was obviously in korean so i had to translate the lyrics and made that my own so i also got that kind of ownership on that because i went into it saying i don't want to really I don't want to look what the actual lyrics are, right? I want to just see what I think he's trying to convey, even though the entire song is in Korean, right? So, um, yeah, so I just wrote it pretty much from scratch. And I actually haven't actually seen what the actual lyrics are. So I'd be very interested to see how they line up and if they, if they do or they don't. That experiment aside, what kind of influences you in terms of themes? What's the philosophy behind a specific song or an album? How does that fit within the context of both of your albums? Is there a theme that permeates both of them? I think the second one is more of a kind of continuous journey, right? The, the first one was kind of about kind of literally the year... <laughs> 2016 to 2018 it was kind of a journey I was working abroad I had to come back because my mother got sick so I came back to London to kind of look after her as well and so that was kind of the first two years of that entire experience so it was very much a cathartic experience and also that first album you can see a lot of trying a lot of different things to see kind of what my sound really is right so you can see me going in a lot of different directions. And I think the second album is really about bringing it all together. I think it really is about me understanding more about kind of who I am, but also still kind of being uncertain about what the future holds, who I'm really going to be, etc. Some interesting things in that, that album, like for one, I have a, I included a song that I had, had recorded in like 2012 or 2013 uh, called Monochrome Watercolors. That's track five. Yeah, so I thought that was really interesting to in this very forward looking and reflective album to include a song pretty much as it was uh, from 2012 that I, you know, recorded as a different person, you know, from from a different time. So it's almost that little like right in the middle of the album, there's a little like time capsule to that person while the broader album is about you know, me figuring everything else out as well. And in terms of production, how do you go about nowadays with coming up with a song? Do you have a, a, some lyrics and melodies and then you come up with a production or is it the other way around? I think it, it depends like on song by song. Sometimes I just have like a really strong idea about like a specific kind of like a chorus or a specific lyric or something like that. Like I think even that song that we collaborated on Time and Space, I kind of had that idea for a very long time, but I wasn't sure like where it was actually gonna go or what I was gonna do with it. So it was actually like, I was kind of 
parallel, uh, I had this idea for this time and space song without knowing what it was going to sound like. And then in parallel, I had this sample song that I was kind of like messing around with. And then I was like, wait, what if this could be the time and space song, you know, and I put it together. Otherwise, I also, you know, sometimes if I hear another song or something uh, from another artist that I kind of really like, there might be a certain element of that that I might kind of say, okay, let me let me experiment trying to like recreate part of this or something like that, right? And that can be anything, you know, like from, uh, I have a song on there called Blend, uh, that's track three. That has like this very distinctive kind of like simple, but kind of distinctive drum pattern that I really liked with a bit of like chorus and reverb on it, just build um, the atmosphere. And that was inspired by a song called Fingers by Zayn Malik, you know, and if you actually listen to the two songs uh, side by side, you'll see, you know, you wouldn't really know that one is inspired by the other. But just that one little thing that I'm like, oh, I like kind of the vibe of this song. Let me try and use that as a starting uh, off point, even if that's literally just the drums or something like that. And the technical side of things is important because you mentioned reverb, chorusing, and all that being the thing that kind of led to this type of inspiration. So it wasn't necessarily a feeling or anything like that. It was just the sound of it, the sonics of, of a recording. So how, how do you see effects and synths and all this do you, do you have a specific way of working with them do you have a sound in your head that you're trying to kind of recreate with every every song i've always been inspired by sounds like u2 new order that kind of stuff like 80s like that kind of vibe right so anything that kind of sounds like that like even like the Stranger Things uh, soundtrack or anything that sounds like that sonically, that kind of like really hits home with me. You know, people like uh, churches and everything uh, in a more modern sense, they kind of are getting to that same sonic feeling that you get when you actually interact with the sound. So that's definitely something that I'm always trying to recreate. Being brought up with U2, like such a kind of, that was kind of like the number one band like that everyone in my family like really liked, right? All my cousins, everything. The, the idea of like, uh, recreating kind of what the edge was able to do with guitars. Again, it, I would say it goes back to the kind of mashup and remix kind of thing. It's not necessarily that you need to be like the world's best guitarist and do a lot of like crazy stuff with it. If you can actually just use individual notes or like just a, a shorter piece of uh, guitar and use that in a really interesting way with some interesting effects and delay and everything, it can make it something that's completely different. So, I mean, that's really, really exciting and I've taken that uh, forward, definitely. Yeah, and it's a good thing that we live in 2020 and you just need a couple of plugins rather than fridges of effects to, exactly. <laughs> to get, <laughs> exactly. to get the, those sounds. What about the visual side of things? Because the album covers are, are quite different from album one to album two. What's the story behind those? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question because I mean the first album was all kind of released not really with an album in mind, right? It was kind of like let me release Symmetry, right? Okay, let me release the next song Inception, right? And let me in release all these kind of things and then kind of maybe after like song four or five I was like maybe I could do an album or maybe an album is already here, right? The, al the album cover for that is kind of all the individual single covers that I made for SoundCloud um, and I put that all as like a collage on that album art, right? I, th I think it's kind of fitting in a way because it's it's kind of like that's someone that wasn't really like that confident about doing this or like putting the music out. And the second album is very much like this was meant to be like a kind of progression throughout the album. This was meant to be an album. This is like a intentional effort that I've been doing. So that's like, you know, 
I've put like my own face on that. And I've also, now that I'm thinking of it, I didn't actually realize, but the background of it is also a collage, right? That kind of t ties back to the first album. And it also, it also ties in with your fascination, at, especially at the beginning with mashups, because in, in a way it is a visual mashup. Exactly. This is like, uh, this is like therapy. I'm figuring out so much about myself. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even know <laughs> okay, I was doing so this. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's getting meta now. Oh, it's very um, meta. Yeah. So, I mean, that... I mean, the the collage that I've done, that is the background of that album is actually a, like a collage that I made myself. And that's actually that's actually a table that I made uh, just uh, it's sitting in my room actually right now. So um, I thought that would just be like a really cool backdrop that kind of gets back to the different facets and the eclecticness and everything like that. It was literally I took that picture myself. Right. And it was literally just the first picture that I came up with. And I was just like really happy. Uh, Happy with it. I always feel very much like, oh, you know, is it really like, is this like a real album? Am I doing it like, you know, is this like real kind of, do I deserve to, you know, that kind of thing. At, at least in the initial thing, you had that imposter syndrome a bit. So it really looked kind of like, to me, like a real album cover. So I was really happy with that. And when it comes to production, what are you working on at the moment? Or is it full songs? Is, is there something in the pipeline that you, uh, you, you think? think uh, people might be interested in? I, I think I'm taking a little bit of a break between like the next big album, like what that's going to be. In the meantime, uh, I'm working right now on a on a cover of a Phoebe Bridgers song. Phoebe Bridgers is like one of the artists that I'm, I've really been into uh, recently. So the only thing that was kind of holding me back on that was it's kind of all built around this quite intricate like uh guitar finger picking melody the thing with me is that i kind of like <laughs> i learned how to i just started to play guitar after i saw school of rock right so i was all about like i i was very focused on kind of like I just want to get to the rock stuff, right? I want to play the songs that I know, right? So I remember now in hindsight, like the lessons I was taking at school <laughs> where the teacher was trying to teach me, you know, how to do the finger picking, where your finger should be. I was like, no, I don't need that. That's never going to come in handy. I don't like yours, Jack Black. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So now, like all these years later, maybe 15 years later or something, I'm like, oh, I wish I had <laughs> known how to do that because I actually want to do that now for the song for for the last like month or so or something you know i've been kind of like working on just kind of learning that kind of from scratch really how to do that properly to be able to apply it to this song and future songs especially in this song because it's such a minimal kind of song and it's it needs to be kind of the thing that stands out in this song so i want to get it like you know as perfect as possible um so that's definitely something i'm working on it's interesting how much the guitar kind of pops back into this discussion i mean regardless of your fascination for the modular design of reason or the mashup or the remixes or now that you're working in logic you seem to constantly come back to the guitar so how important is that instrument to your sound i think it's the thing that really defines my sound right be able to bring in all the other stuff that i've been talking about but if I don't have the guitar in the sound in the, in any of these songs, it just loses some of that kind of that personal human touch for me at least. And I think that is kind of the main difference, you know, because when I used to do when I used to do mashups, like the only proprietary thing about it was that you know I I was the one that came up with the idea first, right? 
but technically, you know, anyone else could recreate it if they had the same stems and the vocal stems and the acapellas and like instrumental versions, they could recreate it. But I would just be the one, I did it first, okay? But I think the idea of adding in the guitar, right? And obviously your voice as well, but especially kind of being able to bring in your own interpretations and because every performance on the guitar is kind of different. Sometimes there are things that I do uh, on a song that I recorded, I'm like, I don't even know what I was doing. It kind of just came over me, you know, and then it ended up being something really interesting. So yeah, that that kind of organic and that and that like nice, fun surprise that the guitar brings is like super, super crucial to everything that I make. Awesome. So what I tend to do at the end of these discussions is make make an effort to, uh, to end on a, a happy note, regardless of how the discussion turns out. Thankfully, our discussion turned <laughs> out really cool. So it's uh, even better to, to highlight the happy aspects of it. But I have four questions lined up. Great. <laughs> and don't think about it. Whatever pops up is the answer. Okay? Okay, I'm nervous again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question number one. What's your favorite synth? My favorite synth? Okay, I my the first thing that comes to mind is all that kind of uh, classic house organ type sound that comes, you know, in like show me love, all those kind of things from that uh, time, right? Uh, anything, anytime, anytime I get a chance to use that, I'm putting it in. <laughs> I actually listened to Show Me Love yesterday, so it's quite oh, funny. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Question number two, what's your favorite plugin? Favorite plugin? Well, you know, as you know, it's kind of like uh, when we were working together, I was working very much with like the kind of presets, right? Funny story, I was working on like Log uh, an old version of Logic on my very old computer that is now since uh, gone away, rest in peace. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it did its job. Yeah, it definitely did its job. <laughs> it was like 10 years. Yeah, I always liked, uh, would a preset count in this? I guess, yeah, it, it kind of does. Yeah, so I mean, I always really liked the, there was a specific preset that kind of gave it a very raspy, very mysterious type feel that you can find in a lot of my kind of earlier music. I don't even know like what I actually did to the to the main preset that used to be there, but over 10 years I made it something good. <laughs> now 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 that I've got uh, the newest version of Logic, I'm starting to kind of experiment more uh, with these new kind of plugins and everything like that, but hopefully people can listen to some of my old older work as well and kind of be like okay it was not bad for <laughs> just using literally nothing else you know nothing additional and just the things that came as a uh, the factory settings yeah and, and nowadays i mean the, the latest version of logic is <laughs> pretty insane you can yeah. kind of make anything in it the stock stuff is just out there completely exactly uh, which is quite cool exactly question number three the one musical thing you're amazing at the one musical thing I'm amazing at. <laughs> yep. This is not the place to be modest, so go for it. <laughs> okay, I think the number one thing I have is actually the, the song writing itself. I think it's like quite interesting. And I think uh, 
you know, that's something that I'm definitely really proud of, especially on the new album. I think I did like a lot of interesting things. And so I think that was the impetus and like the motivation for trying so hard. And like, you know, this album took like a year and a half or something. And even reaching out and working with you as well, working with other friends I have like in the space that kind of really kind of elevate the production and the recording and everything to match like what I kind of had in my mind when I was kind of writing the song. And what's the one musical thing you're rubbish at? Oh my god. <laughs> well, I think I think the actual nitty gritty of like production. I think I'm starting to learn more about like how to actually do it and stuff, but as my kind of ambition was getting bigger to make like bigger sound uh, songs with like more tracks and like a lot of stuff going on, especially kind of mixing the vocals, that was something that I was struggling to find space for the vocals with all this other stuff going on, right? So that's something that I'm definitely like improving on, but you know, yeah, it's still a work in progress, definitely. But at the same time, I mean, there's so many records out there that are not necessarily hi-fi, but the lo-fi quality of them gives you that feeling. So it's not as if every uh, artist needs to make a super polished Bieber production because it, it doesn't work like that. In, in real life, you don't want to just listen to that kind of polish exactly. every second of your existence. Exactly. I, I think that's, that's what I was going with, with like, okay, I'm going to use this really old computer with like the old thing and like want to do it very simple. But then I was kind of, it, I wanted to say like, if I did want that polished sound, right? I want to know how to be able to get it, right? I don't want to like be forced into like a sound that I'm not like, like 100% happy with, you know? Okay, so where can people find you? Where do you usually interact with fans? Where can they mostly listen to your music? Yeah, so um, if people follow me on Instagram, it's Danish Alam Music. That's uh, D-A-A-N-I-S-H-A-L-A-M Music. Uh, you know, so that's where I kind of post all the latest stuff. You'll hear about uh, any latest releases. And then I'm on Spotify, Apple Music, Deezer, <laughs> yeah, everywhere, you know? All, all the all the platforms so definitely if you just search my name i i, I hope you enjoy <laughs> <laughs> so mainly instagram for just normal stuff and interacting with people and to listen to music mainly spotify and obviously all of the the other ones for streaming purposes exactly exactly okay fantastic well thank you so much for being on the podcast i i thoroughly enjoyed it and it, it's amazing to get to to hear more of the story of the people you work with because you're so focused on the the moment of making that song and th talking about compression and eq that you don't even yeah. get to actually know the person behind that uh compressor so <laughs> it's nice to to get a chance to um, to delve a bit deeper into someone's uh, life story like that. I think that's what I'm going to name my third album, The Person Behind the Compressor. <laughs> Until next time, thanks a lot for joining. And everyone, go listen to his latest album on Spotify. You will not regret it. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot for listening to this episode. I hope you got something out of it. If you did, if you enjoyed my conversation with Donish, first of all, like his stuff on Instagram and listen to his music on Spotify. Links, as always, in the description on whatever podcast player you're using to listen to this at the moment. And consider sharing the podcast with your friends, leaving a review. It helps a lot. And until next time, thanks a lot for watching. Have a good one.